you know what? It's really fun to be here. Y'all know that theme music. Before we get into the recap of Game 2, I would just like to say rest in peace to John Thompson, former NBA Celtics player, former Georgetown Hoya coach. He was the backup for Bill Russell for a couple years here in Boston. He passed away on Monday morning. It was right, got the news basically right after I posted the podcast. So I just wanted to give my thoughts and prayers to John Thompson and his entire family. He I'm pretty sure it was the first person to wear a number five for the Boston Celtics before Kedrick Brown, before Gerald Green, before Kevin Garnett, et cetera, et cetera. So rest in peace to John Thompson. All right, here we go. Game two, holy freaking guacamole. Celtics win 102 to 109. They are now up two games to O in the best of seven series in the second round of the Eastern Conference semifinals, whatever the hell you want to call it, against the Toronto Raptors. The Celtics now have five games to win two. They got five chances to win two. They got to win two games, and they have five chances to do it. Is that clear? Great. So, the first six minutes of the game were so annoying, but I was also expecting it, but I was also annoyed by it. So, I don't know. I'm a weird kid. What can I say? First off, Marcus Smart jacks up a three and misses it, and I'm saying to myself, all right, here we go. This is going to be great. And then they allow the Raptors to go on a 7-0 run. There was no ball movement. There was no intensity on defense. There was one point during this run where Kyle Lowry literally got a rebound and just ran up the floor and just laid it in. Like, no one hustled back. Like, you could literally watch in the – because when they came back from commercial, because I think Brad called the timeout, you could literally see Kyle Lowry just running as fast as he could. And Jason Tatum was like, la, 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 la. And all the boys – he was just like – it didn't matter. Like, he – it's like he didn't care, and it was kind of annoying. Obviously, Jason Tatum cared a great deal later on afterwards, but right then and there, I was just like, this is this is not going to be easy. This is not going to be easy. Everything that they did well in game one early, they didn't do that like at all. The Raptors are a good team, so you had to be prepared for the way they came out, and to be honest with you, I think the Celtics survived the punch. I Usually, the Celtics can't take a punch. I know Marcus Smart probably could, but usually the Celtics can take the punch can't take a punch but they did and i'm proud of them and it started off right away so they needed some energy off the bench and the time lord came in and did it once again the time lord hit his first five shots in the game i don't think he's missed a shot in the series he was five of five in this game maybe five of six whatever the case may be but i mean he was 
he was doing everything. His rebounding, he was doing well in the pick and rolls. He got a nice alley-oop from Kemba. He had a nice offensive putback, and then he literally landed on his back so hard. You could definitely, he's probably going to be in some pain today. I'll be interested to see how, how the Celtics deal with him moving forward because I think he is an important part of this series. Even he was obviously kind of uh, not important not noticeable in the second half. You could blame the injury. You could blame it the way the way the game was going. Whatever the case may be, I mean, it definitely helped that Marcus All had six foul or had five fouls late, and I think that really kind of messed up the Raptors' offense overall and their defense too. Because Serge Ibaka obviously is a great shot blocker, but I think we could say that the same about Time Lord. Like Time Lord and Ibaka are great shot blockers, but Gasol and Daniel Tice are kind of the the quarterbacks, if you will, of their team's defenses. And I really think that Marcus Gasol being in foul trouble, having five fouls pretty early, I think it was like in the third quarter, maybe early in the fourth quarter, definitely affected them because he got his sixth foul with what, I don't know, two, two and a half minutes to go. But what I did love from the Time Lord was the fact that he fought through that injury because I feel like the Time Lord that we started knowing is the Time Lord where you would say, oh, yeah, he doesn't care that much. So props to you, Time Lord. I see that. I respect that. And I hope you're doing well because we're going to need you for these next few victories, hopefully, if we move on to the Eastern Conference Finals. So obviously that was you know a recap of the first quarter. And then the second quarter got a little dicey because Van Fleet and Siakam were very aggressive on the offensive end. I felt like Siakam took his time in the paint, but in game one he didn't. I felt like all of his shots when he was trying to post up Kemba, Jalen, Smart, whatever the case may be, felt rushed, almost like he, there was pressure on him. And in this case, that was not he took his time. He found his shot. He did a great job. Van Fleet, I thought, was fantastic. Van Fleet's going to get a huge paycheck, and he, he deserves one, rightfully so. He is a great basketball player, a good, quick, tough guard. He can shoot the ball quickly, which is obviously very, very, very important in the league these days, especially when you're going through pick and roll. So that was good. What wasn't good, what was beyond hideous, the... The Celtics fast breaks could be the ugliest thing on the planet. Like, you could look at any human being and go, yuck, they are not a good-looking person. And then you could look at the Celtics fast break and say, oh, that's even uglier. Like, it's it's just so bad. Every time the Celtics have a fast break, I legitimately die inside. If If you're listening to this, if you're a family member and I die at a young age, Literally right the cause of death being the Boston Celtics running the fast break because it is brutal. I mean, they had a 3-1 fast break. Kyle Lowry was the one, if you will, for the Raptors, and it failed. It was brutal. It was terrible. I oh, It was awful. Absolutely awful. Speaking of awful, Shemi Ojale. Holy mother of God, is he something special. His shot selection. Shemi Ojale took way too many threes. I don't mind his one or two corner threes wide open, like that's it. But he tried to catch one off the dribble. No, 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 no. Speaking of no, Grant Williams. Grant Williams should be getting those minutes. I understand that Shemi can guard, you know, probably Van Fleet or Lowry or OG and Obi a lot better 
than Grant Williams can. Fine. I get it. But Grant Williams should be getting more minutes than Shemi Ojale. I think we can all agree on that. Shemi's shot select, like Grant Williams goes into the game and just says, I need to do little things. I don't need to shoot. I don't need to score. I just need to set solid screens, defend, and rebound. And that's what we need Shemi to do. But I feel like Shemi doesn't do that. And I feel like that's kind of driving me crazy. So I, I question Brad Stevens a little bit. And we all know that I'm very high on Brad Stevens trying to outcoach Nick Nurse in this series. And I think Nick Nurse did a better job, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Both teams in the second quarter for about three minutes I didn't even know what happened. I mean, both teams played very good defense. There were bad shots. There were lazy turnovers. It was literally hideous, ugly basketball. Not just from the Celtics, but from the Raptors, too. There's no way for a three, that three-minute span in the second quarter that you could say, oh, no, yeah, this, the Raptors played good. And the Celtics, no, 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 absolutely not, absolutely not. And especially at the end of the third I mean, at the end of the second quarter where Siakam hit that buzzer beater, just like Kemba did in game one, that was frustrating. So the Celtics are up two going into the half. So you say, okay, it's the third quarter. The Celtics usually don't do that great in the third quarter, so you're a little nervous. And then I was right. Bad offense, bad defense to start the third. Raptors got whatever they wanted. I really think there was a spurt in the third quarter, not when the Raptors went on an 11-0 run, but I think there was a spurt early in the third quarter, where, where they did miss Gordon Hayward. I'm not saying his scoring or his rebounding. I'm just saying like his facilitating, the way he runs the offense, an extra option because, I don't know, like Marcus Smart's a good passer and all, but I just feel like Gordon Hayward can put the ball where someone needs to be a lot better than Marcus Smart. You know, kind of a lead pass, if you will. So I, I, I do feel like... You know, you could say, oh, well, they've won five in a row since Gordon Hayward's hurt. We don't need Gordon Hayward. Screw that. I mean, oh, okay, cute and all, but, like, overall, the Celtics need Gordon Hayward. And there were definitely times in that third quarter where I was just like, you know who would, you know what would be nice right now? Gordon Hayward. That would be delicious. That would be fantastic. But what was frustrating is the Raptors were in the bonus with nine minutes to go. Let me say that again. The Raptors were in the bonus with nine minutes to go in the third quarter. Do you know how lazy or bad you have to be on defense to do that? That is literally one foul every 30 seconds, give or take. Yeah, maybe. maybe yeah. It's ridiculous. You, you cannot let a team that is dying to even up the series be in the bonus with nine minutes to go. And then after that, because your defense then softens up even more, you can't let OG Anobi hit a bunch of corner threes, which they needed. And I think he went five or six from three overall or four or five. But before the fourth quarter, he was on fire. He was absolutely on fire. And I think you could probably blame that on Brad a bit because to have both Grant Williams and the Time Lord out there, nope, all set. They're both rookies. They don't really get it. Like, I respect them both dearly. But... Abaka hit a wide open three, um, a little bit to the right of the top of the key, late in that third quarter because the defensive rotation from Time Lord and Grant Williams was terrible, was absolutely terrible. I mean, when the Raptors went on an 11-0 run, this is what happened: Tatum misses a layup, Kemba then uh, Tatum misses a layup, Grant Williams gets a rebound, then misses a layup, Anobi made a layup, 
Then Kemba made a shot. So you're like, okay, Abaka hit a three. Kemba turnover. Lowry sticks a jumper. Brad calls a timeout. So you're like, okay, good. Good timeout. Good timeout. I love that. Then a turnover. Then Abaka hits a three. And then another turnover. And you're like, what the hell is going on? That 11-0 run, I was just, my, my hand was in my face. It was just like, what the hell are they doing? But it kind of makes sense because the Raptors have won every single third quarter in this series. So the Raptors have scored more points than the Celtics in the third quarter in both games one and game two. But the Celtics have either won or tied all six other quarters. Quarter one, quarter two, quarter four. That's important. That's important. But so going into the fourth quarter, you're seeing yourself, all right, you're down six or seven. Tatum's been lights out. He's been carrying the team. All of a sudden, I don't know. You feel like something has to happen. But what is going to happen? Is it going to be Kemba? He sucked offensively. He was very good defensively, so I'll give him props on that. But Kemba couldn't hit a shot. Jalen Brown, you know, is nowhere to be found in the second half always. Tatum has done so much. So who is going to step up? Will Tice hit a couple threes? Will this guy named Marcus Smart hit a couple threes? Will the Time Lord come off the bench? Where is the energy going to come from? And then all of a sudden, Marcus Smart hits a three-pointer. And you're like, okay, all right. And then Marcus Smart hits another three-pointer. What is going on? And where is Andy? And what is going on? And then Marcus Smart hits another three-pointer. And at this point, I'm saying to myself, these could be the most, no, 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 yes, 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 three-pointers in the history of the Boston Celtics. And then he makes another three-pointer. Hey, 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 what is going on here? And then he makes another three-pointer with an and one. He scored 16 straight points. Yeah, 16 straight points. What the hell's going on out here? It took one minute and 13 seconds for Marcus Smart to hit five three-pointers with an and one. 16 points in a row. What? Like, holy shit. Holy shit. What? Oh, my God. This dude, five three-pointers in the first quarter, in the second round of the playoffs, in a quarter with an and one. The confidence of this man, the confidence Marcus Smart has, it's, it's better than Coach Bombay against Team USA you know, against Iceland at a Hendricks hockey clinic or press conference, whatever the case may be. We're Team USA, and we're going all the way. Hello, there, Missy. How about a bear hug? Like, it was unbelievable. You know, it was nothing could go wrong. I would kill for Marcus Smart's confidence. If I had Marcus Smart's confidence, I would be a gazillionaire, and I would have supermodels all over me. Like, seriously. Like, I mean, how do you do that? 16 points in a row. And to be honest with you folks, it kind of all happened after the flop of the century. So Kyle Lowry goes down on the fast break, and Pascal Siakam tries to cut Marcus Smart off. Marcus Smart clearly created the contact, and he flops. And we all appreciate Marcus Smart. But that flop was so bad. It was so bad. But after that... Everything changed. After that flop, everything changed. And I don't know why. I don't know what the basketball gods were doing. I don't know if they were drinking. Like, because 
for someone to flop like that and then to come back and score 16 straight points for their team to take over the lead and then to play unbelievable defense on Pascal Siakam. The way he, the way Marcus Smart fights through screens is absolutely B-A-N-A-N-A-S. It's bananas. You love him on your team, and you would hate him if he was on, a, on another team. Absolutely unbelievable. But let's, let's kind of go back to the rest of the fourth quarter. When Jalen got hurt after Lowry picked up a charge on him, it was very interesting because Grant Williams came in, and minus one little thing, Grant Williams played very, very well. It was like sneaky good. He wasn't noticeable because Smart was doing his thing. Kemba started hitting shots, et cetera, et cetera. But Grant Williams came down to help Kemba on Pascal Siakam, and he left Serge Ibaka wide open. And I don't think I have ever yelled the term, what the fuck are you doing, Grant? so loud in my entire life like it was it was one of the dumbest things i've seen in a while let's see akam score too don't leave serge Ibaka out there serge Ibaka is shooting the ball lights out he's been playing very 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 well for this raptors team okay he is someone that to be honest with you if i'm nick nurse i put him in the starting lineup and you deal with gasol later try and switch up the rotations not only for the celtics but also for the Raptors as well. But Kemba down the stretch was absolutely fantastic. Cardiac Kemba hit that shot against Ibaka. Not the best way to probably end the game overall uh, with execution for the Celtics, but the Celtics pull out a victory 102 to 99 in game two. So the five things from my series preview that I was looking at fast break points. The Raptors got seven in game one and then they got 16 in game two. So that obviously has to change. You know, the, the fact that it's 16 points is still fine, but if that could be 8, 9, 10, that would be delightful. Brad Stevens versus Nick Nurse. I think Nick Nurse was the better coach in this game. I think his rotations were better. Again, some of the rotations and decisions that Brad Stevens has were up for debate. I really didn't know how I felt about him. Uh, Siakam versus Tatum. Tatum won. I mean, I know I haven't mentioned Tatum a lot about this game, but it's just because I now expect these type of games from Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum is the first Celtics player under the age of 24 to drop 30 points in three playoff games. He's He carried that team on his back in the third quarter. Yes, I understand that they went, they only scored, I think, 20 points, but Jason Tatum scored a lot of those points. He was absolutely fantastic. He was getting his shot off. His ball handling and dribbling at times really annoys me, but overall, he gets to the basket. He I think he hit 14 or 15 free throws which is also a playoff career high for him a lot of playoff career highs for him ever since we've been down at the bubble and I was a little disappointed with that air punch technical that he got obviously that needs to go away not only with Jason Tatum but across the entire league if a guy just with frustration does that and in that moment of the game with only two minutes to go when Tatum really didn't say anything you know maybe he was complaining a lot during the game obviously wouldn't be surprising but right there Tatum needs to realize he has to keep his cool it was obviously a push-off it was obviously an offensive foul so overall Jason Tatum it's okay dude it's all right it happens. Life goes on because earlier you definitely got a superstar call. You were definitely passing it when you were going to the key and you still got two free throws out of it. So a uh, fantastic job by Jason Tatum all around, especially on the boards. I thought he did a good job rebounding the ball. He got eight rebounds. He had six assists. He did a great job passing out of all the blitzes and double teams that the Raptors sent their way. It was a phenomenal game by Jason Tatum. So I know I didn't really talk about him a lot in the recap, 
but I'm expecting these type of games from Jason Tatum, and when we don't get them, I'm going to be hard on him. All right? So fast break points, not great. Nick Nurse was the better coach. Tatum wins. So right now you're losing one to three in that aspect. The guards, Kemba sucked on offense, but his defense was great and made big shots. Kyle Lowry and Van Fleet obviously played much, much better. They combined for 35 points. And, <clears throat> excuse me, I mean, you you could say, well, Kemba and Marcus combined for 36 points. Aren't they better? No, I, I think minus the fact that Kyle Lowry went 0 of 7 for 3 and Kemba went 1 of 8 for 3, I think Lowry and Van Fleet, overall for playing 40 and 43 minutes did more good things for their team than Kemba and Marcus did combined obviously what Marcus did was absolutely ridiculous 6-11 from three and five of them all happened in a matter of a minute and 13 seconds unbelievable and then the bench to be honest with you I was expecting more out of um, Norman Powell but the Celtics bench scored 13 points Raptors Bench scored 21 points. That's not terrible. I think you will take that. And then uh, recapping from episode 85, the five things I was looking for, the Celtics had to stop being lazy with the basketball. They had 17 turnovers. Uh, Some of the turnovers, especially early in the first quarter and part of the second quarter, were not ideal. But to go from 23 to 17 is obviously an improvement, so you can't be too mad at that. Uh, Don't let a poor – what was the other one that I had? Oh, don't let a poor shooting night frustrate you. Kemba – wasn't frustrated, which is why, you know, he's an all-star, an all-NBA-type player. He he was terrible. I mean, I think going into the first half, he only had, or at the end of the first half, he only had two points, and at one point he was like 1 of 11 from the field, but he ended up 6 of 18. I mean, yes, 1 of 8 from the field isn't great. He was a minus 3, but overall, Kemba wasn't frustrated, and Marcus stepped up when he needed to, you know, so props to him. Uh, keep up the defensive pressure was one of the other ones. They didn't do that in the first three quarters, but I think they did that in the fourth quarter when they started really going on on a run because, you know, you know the saying, offense creates good defense, and that is definitely what happens, or defense creates good offense, whichever way you want to look at it. But I really think that run that the Celtics went on with Marcus Smart, he was in another zone, played unbelievable defense, you know, almost had that ridiculous save on the baseline behind his back, but it was just so, so close. Um the Celtics, the other thing that I was looking for was for them to be prepared for the Raptors to come out strong, and they did. They took the punch. I talked about that earlier, and I'm really happy that they did that. And then finally, run back and set up the defense. The Raptors' half court is a shit show. I mean, if you look at all a good chunk, I mean, I'd have to go back and watch the whole game, but I would love to know how many points the Raptors score with less than five minutes left to go on the shot clock. And I, I understand, hey, they scored, so who cares if there's only one shot or one second left on the shot clock? That's a fair argument. But what I'm saying is, is like it shouldn't take 23 seconds for an NBA team to get off a good shot. I think the Raptors' half-court offense absolutely stinks. But Game 3, Thursday, 6.30 p.m. So today's Wednesday, so if you're listening, thanks so much for listening. I appreciate it. And if you're listening to the game afterwards, hopefully, or the podcast after the game, hopefully these five things actually happen in the game. So, number one, this time the Celtics have to come out firing, come out strong, come out and make them go, oh, man, here we go again. I'm down in the bubble. Can we just get out of here? Like, the Celtics have to come out very, very strong. They cannot come out the way that they did in game two. That cannot happen. Get back on defense. I know I've said this every single game, but I cannot stress to you enough 
how much I think the Raptors' half-court offense is not great. They play with a lot of pace. And you heard Brad Stevens after quarter one in game two just saying they play with a lot more pace than we do. If you slow down the Raptors, they are a good team, but not a great team. So, again, they cannot beat you if they are in their half-court offense for multiple possessions. They can't do it. Number two. We need Jalen Brown to play a full 48 minutes. Jalen Brown has obviously been fantastic defensively, minus that lazy-ass backdoor cut that he had, which absolutely really, really, really frustrated me with OG Anobi. But Jalen Brown offensively has to be better for all 48 minutes. He's only there for, like, the first quarter, and then he absolutely disappears, and that is super, super frustrating. Number two, or I'm sorry, number four, keep scoring the ball off of their turnovers. The Celtics had 25 points off of Raptors turnovers in game two. That is huge. So keep being aggressive on defense, force turnovers, but make sure you score off of those turnovers. Make up for it. If you're playing that type of defense and you're playing that strong and you're playing that well, go down to the other end and score a hoop. And then finally, we need more Grant Williams and less Shemi. I know it sounds dumb, but those minutes are important because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are racking up a lot of minutes. I mean, Jalen had 36, Tatum had 42. Hopefully we have a long, long way to go, and I don't want those guys to get tired out. I understand that they're young. They're not going to. But Shemi playing 10, uh, Grant Williams playing 19. I I would like Grant Williams maybe to play like 22 minutes. That's kind of like what I need. So that is it for Episode 86 of the Banner Banter Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. I really and truly appreciate it. You can find me on the Twitter machine at Banner Banter 18 or on Facebook and Instagram at Banner Banter Podcast. And Episode 87 will be out Friday morning after Game 3. So, again, thanks so much for listening. We'll talk soon. Toodles and noodles. X's and O's. Bye-bye. Sorry, but I'm gone. I'm history. And I dedicated my life to the Boston Celtics. I dedicated my life to the fans of Boston. I did my very best to please each and every one of you. Good night.